Broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout, it's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Stolen Droids Podcast. I'm full of concred. I'm full of soup. <laughs> I, technically, that's accurate. They, that is true. I, I think it's also what she said. <laughs> On a good night, yes. Um, we are coming to you a little bit later than normal, but you know what? It's Labor Day weekend, so you won't notice. Um, it's Sunday night. We've just gone through Salt Lake Comic Con 2016, and uh, I'm feeling it. Lower back. Yeah. Oh, I couldn't move this morning when I woke up. Yeah, it's it's bad news all around. I mean, we wouldn't do it if we didn't love it, but oh, it takes uh, it takes it out of you. It really does. My wife said to me. You know, maybe it's maybe it's smart if you just don't do it anymore because it's so hard on your body. And she's right. It is very physically demanding to do what we do out there. But you know what? If the people are willing to go and enjoy it for three days, we can go and work it for three days. You know what I'm most impressed with? I, I, this is a long, rambling opening to the show, but you know what? It's okay. Um, we live near Salt Lake, right? I'm, I'm like an hour away to the south. You're, what, 40 minutes away to the north that far? Yeah, even? something like that. 35 yeah. minutes, 40 minutes, something like y- that. Yeah, mine's technically 35, 40 as well. So we're like equidistant in opposite directions. And it's kind of a pain to have to drive home after each day. But imagine feeling like we're feeling and then having to hop a flight to fly home. Oh, yeah, because you, know you know that it's hard on the guests and the vendors and everyone that that comes to help make it such a great event but they do anyway it's amazing you know it really is so thank you to all who came and helped make this a good convention and to those of you who tried to ruin it for others screw you yeah Brittany. um hey shout out to our friends over at trekradio.net kryptonradio.com uh wp cycle web hosting geek factor radio radio kscr all good people good good people Indeed, and I just got to give a quick shout out to Chance over at, and everyone else over at, at uh, Geek Factor Radio. They are doing a great job. Uh, they actually, Chance took it upon himself to uh, make the convention a little bit more entertaining for some of the members of the press by organizing a cosplay scavenger hunt. So, you know, we were we were all struggling a little bit to to get good content to share with you, our our listeners. But he decided, you know what? That's okay. We can still have a good time. And so he came up with that. So so thank you, Chance, for doing that. And, you know, looking forward to what what we can come up with next year. Now, should it be considered um, suspect that he was also the one who won that uh, scavenger hunt? I was in the lead for almost the entire time. I got hung up on Overwatch characters because I haven't played the game. So. I'm just saying it seemed awfully coincidental then that he came dressed as an Overwatch character. Yeah, but he did say that. It wasn't his costume that won the that won the contest for him. So, and all it really was was bragging rights and something to do. So it's not like there was money on the line. True, true. But that being I, said, he did show me his photo, and and so I can verify that it, it was not him. Now, 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 how is it that you were in the lead for so long? Because you're not great at identifying cosplay. I I think that it was just I was on a roll, you know. <laughs> Jerk. No, it, it actually, I, I owe a lot of that to you, so thank you. Yeah, as it turns out, all my years of just sitting around watching anime are finally good for something. They are. They are, because I haven't spent years watching anime. No. Although, there's a girl that lives two doors down the street from me who's my daughter's age. She likes to rip on me because I'm not an anime nerd. I watched a lot of it while going through my divorce. I just stay up all night watching anime. Um, 
to each our own, you know, <laughs> during times of grieving and, and hardship. <laughs> and see, with me, it was comic books. When I when I lived with an abusive stepfather, I'd come home and I'd watch, I'd read comic books all night. So yeah, so it's we've, all good. we've all got our own escape, our own coping mechanisms. Indeed. Um. Well, okay. So Comic Con's over, and we can get into a bit of it. We got a couple interviews to throw up on the YouTube page, um, and some pictures to post to the Facebook. To the Facebook, yeah, to the interwebs. Um, we're not really going to talk a lot about it this episode, though. Right? You know, I really don't think there was a lot to talk about. Um, each, I mean, there's a lot of good. The Mark Hamill panel was great. Oh, uh, uh, no, no, don't undersell that. It was awesome. Uh, yeah, it, it was flat out amazing. I mean, there's there's very little to be said about him that hasn't been said before regarding how amazing he actually is. I mean, nothing but pure entertainment. Um, but then, you know, it seems like as members of the press, we we have a list of grievances every with every convention. And, you know, I think that's probably the, the case regardless of the convention. I don't think it's exclusive to Salt Lake. But, you know, they, Brian Brandenburg, Dan Farr, they put on an amazing, amazing show for the fans. And unfortunately... Uh, it seems like some of the talent's uh, agents don't necessarily like to give a lot of access to the press. And it seems like over the last few conventions, access has just been shrinking. Uh, we did have quite a negative experience that still has me quite, quite angry. Uh, however, I am trying to get over it. <laughs> but I, I don't want to get into it here. But, you know, if she ever hears this, she knows who she is and she can kiss my butt, and we'll just leave it at that. But, um, yeah, for the most part, you know, they did, a, they did a great job. Very outstanding. It seems like every time a new convention rolls around, the issues are, are fewer and far, more far between. Farther. That's the word, farther. They're fewer and farther between, and they're constantly improving the overall convention experience. So, I mean, a lot of credit does go out to them. Yep, indeed. Um, well, let's get started with our headlines, though, because we—it was a busy week, despite the fact that we had a comic con to to cover. And it was didn't very, pay attention to anything for three days. I know I, it was very inconsiderate of the rest of the world to continue on while we were doing this. Yeah, I they really just need to give us give a break, you know. Give us give us a minute, man. Let's catch our breath. Indeed, indeed. Uh, well, let's start off with our mainstay, security vulnerabilities that affect Zoner. <laughs> yeah, it just kind of happens, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, this one comes from Google, and that's, it's a bad thing. It's a really bad thing. Turns out that a malicious ne'er-do-well can add an arbitrary page to the end of a Google login page or, or script, and so when you log in, it can then steal the login credentials or send you to a file. Now, what does this mean? Okay, so, Zoner, you want to go to mail.google.com, right? That's the login for Gmail. Yes. Well, if I say, oh, well, you can access Gmail this way, and I provide you a link that takes you to it, except it actually takes you to um, mail.google.com slash zooks whatever. That sounds like a very horrible website. <laughs> yeah, zookswhatever.com. Let's, let's jump on that, see if that yeah. domain name's taken. But so he can click on it. It'll bring up the Google login, as you'd expect, 
But then in the meanwhile, my page or my script is producing a man in the middle attack and capturing his login information. If you're not a programmer, if you're not a coder, you could be forgiven for thinking, well, that sounds really complex. But the scary thing is, it's actually not. It's about the simplest attack you could do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those, I mean, yeah, it's been like around for ages. And the really scary thing about this is, is that it's still a legitimate Google login. That if they are subtle about it, if they're smart about it, you could click, yeah, I want to go here, click on it, and it'll continue on to the Google login. And if you're like most people, your Google credentials are already saved in your browser. Your browser is Chrome, a Google product. It's ready to be logged into your Google account. It's ready to go. Yeah. And, you know, the thing is, a lot of times when I'm clicking on a link that will take me from one place to the next, and, you know, I like your your example of using a, a Gmail or a Gmail login because... You know, you can set your browser so that Gmail is your default client and it you just click on the link, the mail to link or whatever on a website and it will open up Gmail. A lot of times I'll look at the link to make sure that it is a valid link that I'm trying to get to and not some other some other wonky one. But I'll generally only check, you know, the mail.google.com and not pay much attention to whatever is after that. Well, and it's because most attackers are pretty smart, right? It's not mail.google.com slash Mike's malicious script generator. Exactly. It's like it's long 56 character uh, alphanumeric string that most you people just, look at and say, oh, okay, whatever. That you just assume is part of the URL because you're going from this particular website or whatever. Right. Now, the, the scariest part of that, if all that didn't scare you, this part should. And that's the fact that the fa- person who found this exploit brought it up to Google. Submitted it to Google immediately. Um, Google has said, we know. We don't consider it a vulnerability. Yeah, what's up with that? That's we've, terrifying. The message actually says, we've instigated your, we've, sorry, investigated your submission and made the decision not to track it as a security bug. There is no excuse for that in my mind. I, no excuse. I, I have nothing to say. I, I, I'm flabbergasted. Oh, yeah. It's ridiculous. Why? I mean, that is a huge vulnerability. Why would Google treat it as such? I don't understand. I don't either, especially because how simple it is. Yeah. Um, But it's not like Google has the worst uh, login policy right now. I think that currently goes to Dropbox. Well, I think we actually have talked about this before because we've been doing the show long enough that it was a story years ago. Yeah, Dropbox, this isn't their first attack. Well, you know, the thing is, I think that, as I understand it, this is part of the original attack, isn't it? Now, for those who don't remember, in, what was it, 2012, 2013? Uh, yeah, 2012, Dropbox got breached, and a lot of their information got stolen. Right, but uh, it, it never surfaced. It never surfaced. And so they said, you know, go ahead and change your passwords, whatever. It It didn't really dawn on a lot of people, because, I mean, let's face it. This wasn't an everyday occurrence in 2012 like it is in 2016. Well, even then, Dropbox only said, oh, by the way, your email address may have been leaked. Mm-hmm. It never said anything about the passwords. Yeah. Yeah. And then I actually got an email saying, uh, your password has been reset because there was a breach four years ago that we're concerned about may have been worse than anticipated. So we've reset your password. Next time you log in, you're going to have to reset it. And it turns out that probably 68 million other users got that same email. Oh, I'm one of them. 
Did you? Yeah. I, what's really funny here is that, uh, so I just went to haveibeenpwned.com, which, by the way, is a great site uh, to go to. And it says that uh, my information was found in three different breaches. Um, Adobe from October 2013, Mm -hmm. Dropbox from mid-2012, and surprisingly not Ashley Madison because of that fun little mix-up. That's gone now, and instead it's LinkedIn from May 2016. Um, Yeah, I think I was – let me pull mine up. I was involved in Dropbox, LinkedIn. I think I was also involved in Trillion um, and Adobe. Yeah, it's – I've – I really just need to go through and change all of my passwords like crazy because even though I don't even know my passwords because they're so complicated, it really, um, there's a good chance that I'm just being identity thieved all over the place. Now, um, Zoner, moving on to our next headline, I wasn't aware you had started using Opera. Yeah, I did use Opera for a while. <laughs> I did. See, and I was I, just joking. I am, not, but. I am not currently using Opera, but I, I have used Opera quite extensively in the past. You're like a Trojan horse. You know that, right? Oh, this this honor person signing up for our service. Don't do it. Am, Don't am, I, in. am I a Trojan horse or am I a honeypot? You're something. <laughs> You're the way people are getting in. So, it's um, disgusting, isn't it? It is. Um, Opera, the browser company that just got sold to a Chinese security giant, which is kind of ironic, uh, has revealed that the sync service that you use to sync up your bookmarks, your browsing history, your logins between everywhere you're signed into opera was hacked, which, you know, isn't great. True. Especially considering, um, they, they just got bought by a security firm. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, I, I don't know how much of that could be put on the, on the new owners though. Well, no, no, you can't put it on the owners, but the new owners may want to be rethinking parts of it. Indeed, they may. Um, and this one, this is a new headline now, but I swear we've talked about it before. The FBI is reporting that foreign hackers infiltrated the election system. Oh, you know what? It didn't happen before. We reported on Homeland Security being worried about it happening. And then it comes to pass. It did happen. You know, I just... I know that the whole hanging Chad thing was a big deal in, what was it, 2000? And yeah. The recounts were difficult, and after that, it seemed like they were using that as the justification to switch to a completely computerized voting system. But we keep hearing stories of how these things are compromised, how they're hacked, how they're, I mean, uh, infiltrated, whatever you want to call it. I mean, they're so vulnerable it really leads a lot or it really leaves a lot of questions rather regarding how legitimate is our electoral process at this point, despite all of the known corruption and everything else that we have to deal with. You know, now we're, now we've got a question whether or not the voting machines have been tampered with and it's, it's a nightmare, dude. Yeah. This is it's not good. It's really bad. I, and we talked about it before. We had feedback from Ruff about it, about how I don't like the uh, the voting system as it is anyway. The Electoral College is all screwed up. Gerrymandering screwed up. Everything's screwed up about it. But then you just throw in Russian hackers on top of it. And the FBI isn't saying it was Russia. But it's so common now, it's almost a cliche. You know, it's either Russians or Chinese. Well, you know, I was listening 
to the radio the other day, and they were talking about how Vladimir Putin over in Russia has been saying that we're at war with America, but America doesn't really seem to get it. They, you know, they've been saying, here's a list of stuff you best not be doing, yet we keep doing it as Americans, and they're out there just kind of being at war with us. I mean, for lack of a better term, and you can with their worry selves. With their worry selves. But you can really kind of see how how evident that is just in the number of attacks that are taking place. It's it's in, it's incredibly crazy to me. Yeah. It's it's nuts. And they're all going after you. It seems that way, doesn't it? Well let's get okay, you use opera, you use Dropbox, you're a registered voter. Yeah. I'm screwed. Yeah. Sorry, um, America. As if um, all these hacks aren't enough of a reason to use some stronger security as it is, the Clintons, yes, those Clintons, have another reason to start beefing up their security. Because they're not saying this in this news headline, but you know it's the truth. You know they're talking some serious smack about Donald Trump over on Hillary Clinton's campaign. Oh, yeah. They have to be, right? And you know that the different, and this isn't just unique to the Clinton versus Trump camps. This happens every election. There are spies, there's espionage. They want to know what the other side knows. They want to know what's being looked up. They know that they must be under scrutiny from the Trump party. And so they've taken to using an encrypted chat app that's actually Edward Snowden approved and suggested whenever they talk about Donald Trump. Here's a question. Why aren't they using it, like, all the time? Well, the thing that I also find interesting is they're pushing for lack of encryption for end users. So why is it good enough for them but not good enough for us? That's what really bothers me. Yeah. I couldn't care less that they're using encrypted stuff. I mean, I'm I trying to figure out why we're not all using encrypted stuff all the time. That is true. I, I would like one of those black phones. Have you seen those? They're I like have. Yeah. Full on encrypted and In fact I remember hearing about them on a podcast once. Yeah. I think it was ours. I think you're right. <laughs> hey, um So we got into uh, a bit of a row with some of the people at Comic Con this last weekend over the misuse of press credentials and lack of respect for press credentials. Yes. And it occurs to me that so oftentimes people don't respect the press because the press doesn't really work in a respectful way all the time. Correct. Although we do try and be respectful. We, we do. We, we try our best to that because if anything, we want to come across that way. Um, you know who doesn't really understand the concept of press? Facebook. Yeah. So Facebook has a trending section, right? And we've talked about it. Yeah. Trending topics where they had a team of journalists who would curate news articles that were brought up by algorithms. They'd see, oh, people are talking about this, and the journalism team would say, okay, throw that into the trending topics. Well, a scandal broke saying that they were blocking certain articles towards a liberal bias, or they were, they were providing a liberal bias, and other ones saying that they're just all out blocking certain conservative stories. And so Facebook did kind of a knee-jerk reaction and fired them all and let the algorithm run itself. Which 
it turns out was probably a really bad idea. So they turn it loose, and suddenly the algorithm is pulling a fake news story about Megyn Kelly, Fox anchor, getting fired for being a traitor, a man pleasuring himself with a McDonald's chicken sandwich, and oh, what was the third one? There's a there's a third one, but it was just I. <laughs> You know, those, what do we even say to this? Those chicken, that chicken sandwich must have been amazingly. I've had it. It's not satisfying. that good. It's not that good. Yeah, I, I'm thinking it just had to be the most satisfying chicken sandwich that man had ever had. I, I'm more of a Subway <laughs> guy. You know, five dollars <laughs> is all I need. Um, but then it gets. I, worse. I'm not going to make a six inch joke here. It gets worse. Because it turns out that they didn't let the algorithm just go off on its own because even they knew it wasn't ready. It wasn't capable of it. They handed it over to another team to curate. So those three stories that went through actually made it through a team of auditors. That's just... And just said, yeah, it looks like the algorithm's working as intended. Yeah. This is supposed to be trending news. This is supposed to be the news feed that people follow. And because evidently people pull more news from Facebook than they do, oh, I don't know, actual news sources, what is this saying about our society? It confirms what I've always suspected, that we're a bunch of morons. Now, there's a reason why the algorithm was picking up on these things, and it's because people are stupid, and they're prone to click on clickbait. Yep. So what does the algorithm see as trending news? Clickbait. Clickbait. And this leads in directly to what is wrong with the press right now. Um, there's a 2012 series from HBO called The Newsroom. It's an Alan Sorkin, Aaron Sorkin, excuse me, has Jeff Daniels in it. It's a great series. You've seen clips of it on YouTube. Um, it's not for everyone, like a lot of HBO shows, but I found it most enjoyable. But the one thing that it really hammers home over its three-season run is that Good journalism isn't about what's reporting on what's popular right now. Good journalism is telling you everything else is happening that you may have missed because you've been blindsided by what's popular now. I think that is very, a very good description. And, you know, I find it, and I think I've said it on the show before, I find it disgusting that people like John Oliver are the only ones out there doing real news. And he says, I'm not a journalist. I'm a comedian. But he's the only one that's reporting on half the crap that's going on out there that we need to be aware of. Yeah. It's just... So until people can write an algorithm that goes out and finds all the news stories that people aren't talking about right now, I don't think they should automate any part of the news. And in fact, I don't think Facebook should have anything to do with the news. I completely agree. Now, the last time we talked about this, uh, the trending topics on on the sidebar of your Facebook page would say kind of the, I think it was the subject, and then it would give a brief description of why that's currently trending. And I noticed about the time that these fake stories started happening, it was changed. So now it's got the subject, and then how many people are talking about the subject? Right, because that makes it more important. Yes. And so, like right now, I've got Amy Schumer. Um, 39,000 people are talking about this. And I couldn't care less. I don't know why. It basically just became clickbait for me. Mm -hmm. Mother Teresa, 79,000 people are talking about this. She's been dead for years. Could you give me anything more? 
It's just, oh my gosh. It's ridiculous. What has our country become? Yeah, fun, fun, fun stuff. Okay. Well, you hearing me, journalists? We're mad at you because you give us a bad name. <laughs> they really do. And the fake journalists that consider yourselves journalists? Yeah, you too. Yeah, the YouTuber. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, here's a headline that's going to piss you off, or at least if, if you're anything like me. Um, Waze. Waze was this incredible navigation app. It was on iOS and on Android, and they even had a beta for Windows Phone for a while um, before they got bought by Google. Now, Waze was special because unlike other traffic apps at the time, they would automatically figure out kind of what traffic was going like. It wasn't just simply this, oh, you're here at home and you want to have a route to your work. Well, this is the route. It would also say, whoa, people are reporting a slowdown up ahead from traffic. Your best bet is to get off the street right now and reroute around it. Or, oops, there's a cop up there. Be careful. People are reporting in. It was this really crowdsourced information pool. Uh, it would tell you weather conditions, traffic conditions, if there was an accident, construction, cops, just random slowdowns. And it would also gamify it. So it could say, hey, Zoner, congratulations. We noticed that you submitted 12 observations in this week, or you drove 15 miles in a day, or you went into Pac-Man mode and you ate the little candy power-ups on the freeway. Congratulations. And you could, it, it made it really popular. Um, I'd sit there in a traffic jam and I'd fire up ways and see, oh, there's five other Wazers here in the traffic jam with me. And I'd throw out a chat window to all of them saying, how far up are you? How far does this traffic jam extend? And one guy would say, oh, I'm up here by exit number so-and-so. I'm towards the end of it. And I could sit there and go, oh, well, that means that this traffic jam is 12 miles long. I'll be here for a while. Yeah. It was this great, great, really unique app. It didn't really baffle us too much when Google bought them because Google was really trying to fix everything that was still wrong with Google Maps, which wasn't a lot. But to be fair, there were still some problems. And they pulled all of Waze's um, traffic sensing and commuter results into Google Maps. I kind of figured they would just fold Waze up and do away with it, saying, okay, you know, we acquired that technology. It'll live on in Google Maps. No, they're turning it into a ride-sharing platform. But not like Uber or Lyft. It's going to be cheaper. And it's about carpooling. Translation. It's Uber and Lyft, only you're not getting paid as much. Pretty much. Why do we need another ride-sharing platform? Because Google doesn't own Uber or Lyft. That's really what it is, isn't it? I, I, I think that's exactly what it is. Oh, you know what? This, uh, this ride-sharing thing is really popular right now. We don't own anyone. We don't own a company like that, right? Right. Let's take a completely unrelated product. Um... Oh, no, it is related. It has to do with cars. And let's go ahead and create our own company that no one was asking for. Yeah, it actually got so um, so crazy that some of the board members on uh, Alphabet, which is the Google business division or whatever, stepped down because they have uh, conflicts of interest with either Lyft or Uber. So, yeah, I think this is crazy. I don't like this at all. I, and, you won't find anyone who loved Waze more than we did. I mean, I still use it daily. 
I still use it daily, multiple times a day. I love Waze. But if it, if, if it becomes this instead of a navigation app, then I may likely just abandon it. And I think I'm not alone in that sentiment. I'm just kind of wondering, like, it's, it's confusing to me. And I don't like that because most things in the tech world don't confuse me. I can usually wrap my head around them or even predict them farther off. But it's kind of like MySpace turning into a music sharing site. Yeah. You know, back when it was purchased and Justin Timberlake and Sony decided to say, hey, this uh, great social networking site that no one uses anymore. I know. Let's turn it into a way for, for musical artists to share content. And to never be heard from again. You know, it's like, let's take this thing that people are using for one thing. They're using it for, you know, let's take the stand mixer that people were using to make cakes and are still using to make cakes. And now let's use it as a drill press. Hey, it still uses power. It still spins things. It still stands. Meanwhile, everyone who was using it to make cakes is sitting there going, well, uh, okay. Is there something else we're supposed to use now or is there a cake-making attachment for this drill press? I'm confused. <laughs> I like that analogy. You know, though, they have been doing this in Israel for a while. So if there's any Israeli listeners or anybody who's used this in Israel, sh- shoot us an email. Tell us your thoughts. Well, Waze is originally from Israel. Yeah, I mean, that's where the developers are. They're, they're all Israelis. And the, this ride-sharing is just going to debut in the, in the Bay Area near San Francisco for now. So, I mean, it's not like it's changing into this tomorrow. However, you know, if they've already got it going in Israel and they're bringing it to the U.S., chances are it's going to be widespread in the U.S., I'm guessing sometime next year, probably first part of next year. Just my thought. I could be wrong. But, I mean, it's looking now like... Drivers will continue to use the same app that they use, and but if you want to be a passenger, you can get a different app. So, I don't even know. Yeah. I don't even know. And, oh, it looks like you can install the Waze Rider app. I haven't okay. even checked that. Well, it looks like you have another uh, app to install there. Yeah, I, I don't want to. Don't make um, me. So we've gone on the show and rallied against the EU and some of the stupid ways they hate on American tech companies, right? Especially France. And it's hard to blame us considering some of the rules that they come out with are really, really, really stupid. But Apple has just been slapped with a 13 billion euro fine from the European Union and uh, for once, I'm on the EU side. I agree. I'm entirely. You see, Ireland has been housing Apple um, manufacturing plants, data centers, just a whole bunch of Apple facilities. And, well, why did Apple choose Ireland? Well, I don't know. Maybe they like the cuisine. Maybe they love the weather. You know, it's so cold there, you don't have to actually get air conditioned for the data center. That makes sense. Sure. It's the Emerald Isle. It's green. It's beautiful. Great for tourism, you know? And ever since the NRA kind of, not NRA, IRA. IRA. Yeah, not the NRA. Um, that's a different t- terrorist organization. <laughs> yeah, Hashtag I, shots I'm a fired. <laughs> um, 
you know, now that they're not blowing up cars anymore, it's a real safe place. Or maybe it has something to do with even though the standard corporate task tax for any company in Ireland is 12.5%, Apple's only had to pay 1%. Now, we do that here in the U.S. all the time. Different states will say, hey, come open up a huge um, facility at our state. We will give you all sorts of benefits. We'll give you land. We'll lessen the, t- the uh, income tax or the corporate tax or any number of taxes. You'll find com- um, production companies who make movies and TV shows do that for different cities, and the cities draw them in that way. You know, Atlanta's, Atlanta, Georgia is going through a huge boom right now because a lot of production companies are leaving Hollywood and going out there. A lot of other production companies like to go up to Vancouver uh, for the same reason. But in the EU, there are bylaws that state that no member of the EU can give preferential treatment to one company by lessening a tax. So they've been investigating this for three years, and after three years, they're ordering Apple to pay a back tax of 13 billion euros. And just to stick it to Ireland, because they're partly to blame for this, there's no guarantee any of that money is going to go to Ireland. Well, I don't know that it should, because Ireland was so quick to give it up. I mean, they didn't want it, obviously. They had no use for it, apparently. So, you know... I would love to see this, although I know it's not going to happen because we're talking politicians here. But why not donate it to charity? Why not donate it to survivors of IRA bombings or something? I don't know. Or NRA bombings. How many NRA members have bombed something? You know what? I actually don't want to find that out because I think I'd be surprised. I think I'd like to point out, I think it wouldn't be a correlation or a causation. I think it would just simply be coincidental statistic. This person bombed something, and oh, by the way, they were once an NRA member. Not having to do with the other. I have an idea. For 13 billion euros, build a new island for Syrian refugees. Get the rest of the EU to shut up about it. That's a lot of euros. You could build an island out of the euros. Yeah. Just turn it all into loose change. Dump it in the middle of the Mediterranean. Boom. Man-made island. It could be. That would be awesome. Or they could put it all like in a, in a giant tower and then throw a duck in there and let him swim. I get the reference. Yeah. I get the reference. No, I'm just, you know, money doesn't actually flow like water. Scrooge McDuck would be dead a hundred times over for throwing himself <laughs> on that much metal. Yeah. Just saying. Apple, you ruined a really good thing we had going. It was easy to make fun of the EU. It was really easy to say, oh, hey, you guys are just hating on American companies. You had to ruin it for us. Thanks, Apple and Ireland. Yep. Ruining everything. Well done. So, in a funny little bit of story here, ITT Tech. This this is not something I ever thought we'd ever be reporting on. But ITT Tech looks like it may be closing its doors here soon. Now, for those of you, I mean, I assume everybody knows who ITT Tech is. But for those of you who don't know, when you were fake sick so you could stay home and watch cartoons all day, these are the this is the the quote unquote school that would come on and say they would help you get a career in the tech industry. Right, they're a for profit school um, who has been 
ordered to pay by the Department of Education and the Department of Justice uh, $152 million. Uh, they've been investigated for misappropriation of funds, misspending uh, funds, all sorts of different problems, which, hey, a for-profit school, how could that ever happen, right? Yeah. You know, I have not been hearing a lot of good things about for-profit schools as of late. There's uh, one here in Utah that is super, super in debt. And they had their accreditation pulled for their nursing students. Yeah. However, they have not told their nursing students that. So at the end of their schooling, when they go to take the nursing exam, they will be told they need to go to an accredited school to do so. Meanwhile, they've got seventy-five or $80,000 in student debt. Yeah. Yeah. Fun stuff. Well, um, ITT has been ordered to cease adm- admissions in California and three other states, pay back $152 million and that they can no longer take anyone uh, – sorry, I, let me clarify because this is going to sound a little bit confusing. There are three states, including California, where they're not allowed to operate, period. In all other states, so all other 47 states of the union, they can no longer accept anyone in on a federal government program. So uh, federal funding is out. And since they say, well, that's really all of our new students, so we'll just shut down all admissions. That's ITT saying that. So they're not no longer accepting any new students anywhere. But it gets even better if you happen to, if you're within the sound of our voice and you got a degree through ITT, or even if you didn't finish, this is all going so sideways, there is a very high chance the Department of Education will forgive you all of your loans. Government loans. I need to clarify that. Government loans. Used for schooling. So your mortgage that you took out a VA loan with, yeah, you're not getting forgiven for that. Although that would be cool. Which is awesome for my friend who graduated with a master's from there and is $57,000 in debt. Wow. Wow. That is just amazing to me. What's really sad is is back in the day when I used to uh, be Zoner's boss at our day job, I was also a hiring manager. And I'd get a lot of people who came in across the hiring desk and, oh, I see you just graduated here with a four-year degree from ITT in computer science. Okay. And I'd run them through the interview, and I'd have to tell them, sorry, you do not have any of the skills we're looking for right now. For a $13 an hour job. It's yeah. not like you were hiring for an $80,000 a year salary position. Yeah. And it was like they were just flabbergasted. They couldn't figure out, well, I just got my degree. Like, well, I'm really sorry. You didn't answer a single question correctly. Yeah. Meanwhile, the kid who just got out of high school, has no college, has no formal education, has never even been certified for for technical work, has got everything right. Yeah, I noticed that that happened quite a bit. <laughs> and I'm sure it still does happen quite a bit in the Well, hey, that was industry. me. Yeah, it was you. It was Colin. I mean, it was me. I, I had, didn't have a degree at the time. Yeah. I mean, we were all self-taught. And I find it interesting that I'm the one with the degree. You and Colin both make more than I do. <laughs> well, that's, you're old. You know, after old. a while, it's, you start to depreciate in value. <laughs> I, I think that's probably what's happened is they look at me and they say, yeah, he needs about a $10,000 pay cut. What's really funny is the fact that I think Colin has actually paid more than any of us. And they haven't even worked the twitches out of him yet. Oh, snap. <laughs> <laughs> Colin, we love you. But I mean, he's he's paid substantially more than us. Yeah, which is which is interesting to me. 
Which is why but, it's really funny he hasn't found a wife yet. But he, I, I will say this. With the amount of hours that guy puts in, he totally deserves it. <laughs> in fact, they probably underpay him. Yes, they definitely do. I, so. I could make that kind of money. I just have to never see civilization or other humans again. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, switching gears entirely. And I'm really surprised by this. But remember back when, I want to say it was like six months ago, we reported on USB Type-C cables that were failing different tests. There was someone in in Android's development team that was actually going through and testing uh, USB-C cables and finding that many of them did not pass the test, and not just that, were actually dangerous to use on your device. Yeah. Well, Anchor who is not necessarily the highest quality name in accessories, but they're a pretty big name. Well, and, and they've got a fairly solid reputation, too. Right, right. They're not like Monster Cable, where you're expecting to pay a super high premium because they're gold-plated everything. But at the same time, they're not, you know, Associated Food Stores, Western Family, low-end stuff. They work. They're affordable. They work. They're everywhere. They're actually voluntarily pulling... Their power line USB Type C cables. After let's see here, did we actually get any uh, um, actual explosions happening? I don't know if we had any explosions, but I mean, there it's basically cooking the <laughs> it's cooking the port. Yeah. Well, okay. So I'm just going to quote. Uh, this is from Lifehacker. Okay, I'm just going to quote the uh, paragraph here because they put it the best. Okay, as engineer Nathan K shows in the video that's in that article, the Anchor's Powerline 3.1 Gen 2 cable has a flaw that causes it to quote unquote remember the charging voltage for a laptop that it's plugged into, then accidentally provide that higher voltage to a phone unless it's plugged unplugged from the more powerful charging base. This can overload the phone and destroy it if the phone isn't equipped to handle more than five volts. So if you use Let's say you plug it into a uh, a 9-volt charging base, which exists. That's like fast charge 2, right? And the cable remembers the 9-volt charging power. But then you plug it into a phone that is only meant to take 5 volts. Well, USB spec is supposed to basically notch down. And even though it's a 9-volt charger, it's supposed to go, oh, well, the target can only take 5 volts. The cable in this case is failing to transmit that information back to the charger and is still giving 9 volts to the device being charged, causing it to die. That's yeah, bad. That's not good. You know, I never, and I should have paid attention because I know, I, I mean, I, I've taken a lot of electrical engineering classes. I've taken, I, that was actually going to be my major was uh, electrical engineering. And so I understand how power works. I understand how voltage works and how too much will, will ruin stuff. Yeah, I never really have paid very close attention when you get your, your power brick that goes into the wall and plug it into something. And I actually cooked a Roku by using a Roku. It was a Roku 2 that I cooked. I think I was using a Roku 3 power supply. Yeah, a good way of putting it, and I talk in parables like this. I, I'm not parables, but similes and metaphors. I'm like Jesus that way. Imagine that there, and is, that's the only way. Yes, that's the only. <laughs> well, I'm dark skinned like him. <laughs> you are just like you are just poking those bears tonight. It's highly entertaining. Um, 
Meanwhile, our, our Israeli listeners who are continuing on from the Waze article are going, nope, nope, he's right. That's why we don't believe him. Anyway, <laughs> so imagine that you have a spigot on the side of your house and a hose. And at one end of the hose is a full-grown adult. Okay? You turn on the spigot at a certain flow, and the adult drinks water from the hose. Okay? Um, and an adult it can drink a lot of water very quickly. Okay, that would be the equivalent of a 9-volt charger with a 9-volt cable and some, something taking 9 volts. Then you turn off the water, and the adult walks away, and a baby walks up. And you shove the hose into the baby's mouth and turn the hose on to the same pressure that the adult had it. The baby will pop. I don't think that's scientifically accurate, but it's the equivalent of 9 volts going from a source through a 9-volt cable into something that can't handle nine volts. Yeah. Don't waterboard your baby. Use proper USB type C. <laughs> nice. Okay. Let's blow through a couple of these. Um, we should have blown through that one. I spent way too much time. Uh, Logitech is coming out with a new mouse. It's silent. I'm getting this. You know, I've never really cared much about hearing mouse click, but boy, there are times where I'll be working on the computer and just, you know, pounding away at the keyboard and mouse, trying to get stuff done as quickly as I can. And my wife will say something along the lines of, wow, you sure do type angry. (laughs) (laughs) See, and I, I, on the other hand, uh, don't use a mouse here at this computer because I record. And it's a laptop, so I use the touchpad because I found that when I use a mouse, and audience listeners will know this too, if you go back to old episodes when I'm using a mouse, even though I think the mouse is quiet, it picks up in the mic. Uh Uh-huh. And so later on, you go back and listen to it and you hear this click, 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 click. Occasionally, you still hear a bit of a whistling sound. That's my nose. Sorry. It's kind of embarrassing, to be honest, that that you like are wheezy like that. Well, you know, what, what can you do? apparently not breathe silently anyways i like breathing <laughs> what can i say i like breathing i'm a big fan of it. It, it it does have its perks yes um yeah that took longer than i thought too here <laughs> i was actually stalling for time google signed me out like as we're in the middle of the hangout here, Google signed me out. Oh, really? Well, I'm glad you're still liking the hangout here. Cause... Well, I had I had to sign back in and pull open my two factor authentication before it dropped me from that. Um, no Man's Sky, overly hyped game, shouldn't have been hyped as well as as big as it did. Um, people aren't real thrilled. It's a masterpiece. It's beautiful. It's amazing in how inventive it is and its design, and it's boring as all out. There's just no content. Steam is actually issuing full refunds for people, even if you've already logged in 70 hours in the game. Yeah, that's kind of surprising, because generally, if you've played for two hours, you won't get a refund. Because at that point, it's like, well, it was good enough for you to play for two hours. Although, with some of today's games, how much of that is character creation? (laughs) Very true. Look, I know I've played 70 hours. It took that long just to start up the game and get started. Yeah. Or to find a name that wasn't already taken. There is that. Yeah. Um, and by the way, whoever is Zoner on Xbox Live, y'all need to give me my name back. Because that's not cool. I've been Zoner on Xbox Live for three years. <laughs> I keep wondering if it's my brother, but he said it wasn't. So I, I, I don't have any reason to believe that he would lie to me. 
except he's a lying liar. No, I, I think it's probably like somebody in Idaho Falls or something that like has done a science project on. Done Maybe it's a fan monoxide. of yours. Maybe. Yeah, like found the guy who wanted your a, picture at Comic Con. Yeah, I found out I got a few of those this weekend. That was weird to say the least. But thank you for listening. I do appreciate it. Yeah, people don't take pictures of us. We we have a we have a face for radio and a voice for newspapers. Okay. <laughs> that is so true. Um, in other video game news, this is kind of cool. We haven't had video game headlines for a while. Hospitals are actually trying to something out here. Um, Mount Cedar Sinai is trying out VR instead of opioids for pain management. They're finding that if they brought people into virtual reality and just kind of overwhelm them with inputting incoming stimuli, it almost shuts out the body's ability to focus on pain. And it's that uh, old adage that if you're distracted, you don't think about the pain you're in. Ergo, the pain is less. You know, a, a paper cut only really hurts when you sit there and stare at the paper cut. You know, or, or right mosqu- after it happens. You know, yeah, or a mosquito bite is only as bad as when you're really staring at it, focusing on it. If you're really distracted, not really a problem. So they're giving people virtual reality games instead, which is so cool. But at the same time, I seem to remember a movie called Lawnmower Man. And suddenly this doesn't seem like a good idea anymore. No, that's a very good point. I hadn't even considered that. Yeah. Um, in That's So Japan news, Dead or Alive Beach Volleyball Virtual Reality is out, and it's basically everything that will get you fired from any employer. Uh, it's a sexual harassment video game. It's painful to watch this video. Um, it's really painful. <laughs> Well, it sounds to me like some of this could actually not just get you fired, but also thrown into jail. You're lucky if this doesn't get you shot. So the tech demo for this is a virtual reality headset from PlayStation. um, And you can interact with the character. She's in a skimpy bikini. She's very voluptuous. It's dead or alive beach volleyball. Okay. You know what it is. Uh, It's basically boobs that defy the laws of physics. Gravity doesn't work real well in a uniform manner on every part of the body. And before, it was just simply, oh, you can take pictures and pretend like you're not a pervert. Now, you can actually reach out and touch them, which would be bad enough if it weren't for the fact that the character actually repeatedly says, I don't like that. Please stop. Go away. You're, you're creeping me out. Or in one case, you're hurting me. This is bad. I, I don't know if I can say the words to... Con- properly convey how horrible this is you know when fox news said that mass effect was basically a rape simulator they were wrong but this this makes them a little bit more right yeah this is um pretty disgusting to say the least quite disgusting yeah um so thanks for that japan yeah that's your people there man I, you know what? I'm, I'm only half Japanese. <laughs> you don't claim that half. I, I don't claim that half. My wife will say otherwise. She says I'm a bit of a weirdo, but but not that weirdo. <laughs> I just realized I didn't really give myself that great of an out. Um, so let's move over to T-Mobile. Remember how last week we talked about T-Mobile basically breaching net neutrality? Yes. Well, they said that, um, sorry, we will uh, we'll, we'll tweak the plan so it's better. Pray they don't alter it further. <laughs> this deal's getting worse every day. So, um, I didn't actually read this. 
<laughs> well, um, yeah, they've changed it. Basically, they're they're they've added a second plan that covers what gaps are left with the one plan, and you know the base one plan is still seventy bucks a month for the first line. Now includes five hundred twelve kbps. Yeah, that's right, kbps, not like mbps or anything. Unlimited hotspot data instead of one hundred twenty eight k. Uh, but you can at least do more than check your email, as the article says. But then they're going to bring the option of daily HD passes at 3 bucks a day. Um, they're bringing a second plan that is pretty much all the previous add-ins into a more reasonable package. It'll be an extra 25 bucks per line. So they launched last week, September 1st. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I... I this addresses some complaints. It doesn't really sound like they're addressing the net neutrality complaints. No, not at all. Um, not at all. We're good. There's an uh, article here on how to enable uh, Android Nougat's Easter egg. Every single Android version has an Easter egg built into it. Sometimes it's a mini game. Sometimes it's just a logo. This is actually kind of a uh, an egg collecting game, which is kind of cool. But in more important news, Samsung has issued a recall on all Galaxy Note 7 phones for exploding batteries. Yeah, I hadn't heard of this. This is the first I'm hearing of this, so wow. Yeah, now what's really telling is that in their statement, I, I saw some headlines from this and my wife brought it up to me. And it's a sad day when my wife brings me tech news that I haven't heard of. I was at Comic-Con. She said she found it on Facebook. It had all the earmarks of being fake news. Oh, this person says their Note 7 exploded. We've seen that before. They shoved it in a microwave or, you know, they did something dumb to it and they're trying to they're trying to claim that it just randomly happened. Oh, oh, you mean it actually did just randomly happen? Oh, you mean Samsung's actually issued a recall and a statement on it? Samsung tried downplaying it, but in the process actually let some critical details slide. It turns out that we're, they're looking at around a failure rate of 24 per million. Now, statistically, that's very, very small. However, um, the amount of these phones that have been sold are, is over a million by a lot. Yes. And they also said that they have reports and have verified and confirmed reports both at home slash, you know, South Korea and abroad slash everywhere else. So it's not limited in just the international versions or just the U.S. versions or just the South Korean versions. It seems to be happening across the board. So they're issuing a mandatory recall on all of them. Yeah, very interesting. Now, this is coming on the tail of, um, I forget which site it was, and I don't have it linked in the show notes, but I remember reading on it, different tech sites saying that the Note 7 wasn't as waterproof as the S7. That they ran the S7 and the S7 Edge through different waterproofing tests, and they passed with flying colors. And then they turned around and did the same thing to the Note 7, and it immediately failed. Samsung said, oh, sorry, you must have gotten a faulty unit. Let us ship out another one to you. They did the same test, and it failed again. It wasn't until the third unit that they finally got one to pass. Wow, I hadn't heard that either. See what happens when we go to Comic-Con for three days? I know, I know, it's crazy. But it makes me wonder if Samsung was in such a rush to get the Note 7 out the door that they kind of overlooked some of the security and quality checks that they put into the S7 and the S7 Edge. I've had my S7 now for, oh, geez, since it came out. As soon as it was available, it was shipped to me. And Zana, you've had yours since just a little bit less. Yeah, I think I'm going four or five months now with it. So. And I've had no problems with this thing at all. 
even after dropping it flat on its face, I have no problems, no issues. You know, if you do that to an iPhone, they shatter. If you look hard enough at an iPhone, they shatter. (laughs) Or maybe that's my latent psychic abilities coming out. I don't know. That could be. Yeah. So it's just funny to me that these phones should be having such a problem. Um, Yeah. So. Yeah, I guess we'll see what happens. I mean, Samsung's got a pretty good reputation, though. You don't get to be, like, one of the number one companies in the world in terms of tech without knowing your crap and without getting your stuff together. So I am I, sure that they'll pull it up, pull it out here. I wanted to say Blackberry and then I wanted to say Apple, but then I thought it'd be best if I didn't say anything. So I didn't. <laughs> All right. Into our favorites. Mine. Um, you will not find anywhere online because it doesn't exist anywhere now, except in the memory of myself and Zoner and young Zoner, who was our intern at the time. See, we got to meet Phil Lamar, one of my personal heroes at Salt Lake Comic-Con. He's the voice of Samurai Jack, of Jon Stewart, the Green Lantern, of Static Shock, of, oh, geez, pretty much everyone. Uh, on top of that, he was also in Mad TV. He was in Castle. He was in Pulp Fiction. Awesome guy. Just one of the nicest guys we've ever talked to. Super, super good. And I was using a camera that I'm not familiar with, and I really thought I hit record only to find out it wasn't even turned to video mode. So you will never see that interview. Just take my word for it. It was awesome. It really was. And I got to make a joke about him losing his mind in his role in Pulp Fiction, to which he laughed. And he also complimented me on the Green Lantern shirt that I was wearing, which nobody will ever know whether or not I'm telling the truth. However, I was. There was that time he told us he loved listening to our podcast, and he was actually really big fans of ours. We ended up giving him our autograph, and no one will ever know if that's true because I screwed up and didn't hit record. You know, I got to admit, though, Zook, that's pretty ballsy to come out and say that, knowing that we have, like, more than dozens of listeners now. I know. We have, like, three dozens. Yes. Many, many more dozens. We have many dozens of listeners. So... Kudos to you for the courage of, of stepping up. I was just going to let that go and never speak of it again because it makes me die a little bit inside each time I do. You know, I felt I really owed it to everyone to explain what happened to that interview. Yeah. Well, thank you for your honesty. FYI, top tip. Check how your camera works before taking it out onto a con floor. <laughs> that is true. That is that is that is a good, um, yeah, a good pro tip there. Yeah, yeah. So. My favorite, speaking of pro tips, a lot of Android Power users probably already use this particular widget, but there are many out there who may not even know how it works or what it is. It's Zooper widget, and it comes in both a free and a pro version. I personally use the pro version, but I've used it off and on for the last few years, and it's only until the last... I don't know, six or eight weeks that I've really started realizing just how powerful this widget is. You can essentially make any widget that you want using any font that you want for your Android phone. And it's simply amazing. So if I, I actually use it, I use it to make my phone look like Android Nougat. Nice. And that does look like Android Nougat. That does. Well done, sir. I personally like to use it to customize the fonts on my clock widget because I can never find a clock widget that I think looks good with a comic book wallpaper. So that's how I roll. And that's how you should roll, too. So check it out if you like to tweak the look of your phone. You will be glad you did. Unless, of course, you already use it, which there's a good chance you do. But, yeah, take it for what it's worth. 
Indeed. You can make a Phil Lamar-inspired widget, and he's just on your home screen talking to you, saying different quotes. Or it could be a Phil Lamar being interviewed by Stolen Droids widget in which... It's just a black screen. Zook is repeatedly choking, and then it goes black. So, yep. But that's our show. That is our show. Ending with Zook's shame. Uh, If you have any feedback for us, let us know. Feedback at StolenDroids.com. Give us a call, 801-917-GEEK. Follow us on Twitter. Friend us on Facebook. Hey, if you were at the con, check it, take a look at our Facebook page. We're going to be posting all the pictures. Make sure to tag yourself or tag people you know. Uh, and until next time, cheers. Good day. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.